He, the moment, no, sorry, that doesn't work. I've put a million rand in your bank, okay? Now, he doesn't have a bank account, but just work with me. Um, so I put a million rand in your bank. Now, that man is immediately, even though a million rand is not that much these days, but he's immediately a rich man, right? But now, the, the, the link between him being somebody, having a new identity, having being a new creature, being a new person, being saved and everything, the link between that and actually getting the benefits of his position is simple belief. He is everything that he is because I have put a million rand in his bank account. But if he doesn't believe it, if he thinks if he doesn't believe me, he will not use the benefits of that. And the same thing is with us. If you still believe that you are linked to a system of law and requirements and commandments and things, you will not, you will not be able to realize the benefits of freedom in grace. And yes, you say, and yes, you, because you are, I have given the million rent to that guy, so that guy is rich, but he can only use it if he believes it. So, uh, uh, bless you. Let's just, uh, let's just go through quickly uh, what we covered. Once and for all was the idea of uh, the, the traditional teaching that goes this way. The, the caterpillar goes through a metamorphosis and becomes a butterfly. Right? Now that is the new identity. It's not, the, it's not a caterpillar anymore. It's a butterfly. Okay? In our case, in the case of, uh, of, of a new spiritual birth, uh, it's instant. Alright? Uh, however, from a caterpillar, the new identity is butterfly. Now, what happens with the traditional teaching is that if the butterfly doesn't behave, what happens? It goes back to being a caterpillar. And that is the traditional teaching of most churches. If you don't behave, if you don't follow a path of sanctification, as it were, the famous bracelet, they say, what would Jesus do? Well, I'm not so interested in what would Jesus do, I'm interested in what Jesus has done. Because that is what gives me a new identity, and that is what gives me the inside power to be able to do what Jesus would do. Because you try and force yourself to do what Jesus would do, and that's a waste of time. I mean, we've all, we've all been there, right? We've all missed it, we've all messed up, we've all failed miserably. But if you allow, if you understand, if you, if you say, no, 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 wait a minute, I'm not a hairy caterpillar anymore, I'm a beautiful butterfly, inside of me, I'm a new creature. Then that picture, that reality, that truth, begins to work and begins to change you on the outside too. Now, then we've gone on and we say that a half of the gospel is the fact that Jesus died for me on the cross to forgive my sins once and for all. That is beautiful, and that is real, and that is true, but it's only half of the Gospel. Because the second half of the Gospel is that I, I died with Him, and I shall also live with Him. So, it's not only that He died for me, but I died with Him, and now I live with Him. So, there's a new something at work inside my heart, inside my life, that I can trust. I can trust. Why? Because I am not in Adam anymore. So, who died? The old man, the old self, the old nature, the sinful nature, me, in Adam. That's a person who died. We died in Christ. Who died? My old self, right? My old man, my old nature. Uh, Paul says, my old man was crucified with Christ. Now, take, take the scripture in Mark 10, 21. Jesus looking at him. You remember the story of the, of, the, of the rich young ruler? He goes to Jesus and he said, Master, good master. And the whole story about Jesus saying, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God. He says, good master, what must I do to gain eternal life? So immediately Jesus catches on, he says, this guy, this boy wants to do something to have eternal life. So in other words, he is still bound up by the law. So watch what he says. He says, Jesus looking at him, loved him. Amazing. 
with all his nonsense, with all his mistakes, with all his religiosity, with all his wrong doctrine, Jesus loves him anyway. And said to him, one thing you lack. Why? Because religion will only lack something. Religion is designed never to fulfill the requirements of God. Because if you could, you wouldn't need Christ. And that, in brackets, let me just say something. There's a scripture in Galatians 3 where Paul says, In the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born of a virgin, born of a woman, under the law, to minister to those who were under the law. Now that is incredibly important, because Jesus was born under the law. It was only when He died that this crack in history happened, and on the left was everything under the law, and on the right was everything under grace. The cross, the death of Christ, started the under grace era. Before that, everybody was under the law. Jesus came for Israel. Jesus came for those under the law, to minister to those under the law. He didn't come to minister to us. Surprise! Everything that Jesus says doesn't have to be about you. And yet, you go to any Christian service, 99% of the churches will pick, just because it's a red ink word in the Bible, they will take it and will apply it to you. In the meantime, the Bible says Jesus came to minister for those who were under the law. He came for the, for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He sent the apostles to the, not, don't go to the Gentiles, go to the, only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The whole thing was designed for Israel to see you can't do it. But we take scriptures like cut off body parts, black out eyes, sell everything you have, Get yourself beat up. Turn your cheek. Get yourself beat up. Isn't that what we've been taught? We've been taught. We must turn our other cheek. If you're a good Christian, what would Jesus do? He would turn his other cheek. And so Christians get beat up because we think that that's written to us. And it's not. It's written to the Jew to tell him. You think you can be good? Alright, this is the requirement. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Turn your other cheek. When somebody slaps you on it, turn your other cheek. If somebody takes your coat, takes your coat, well, give him your bag, give him your shoes, give him everything else. Right? And don't, don't, don't take a sword with you because otherwise you can't turn your other cheek. Uh, cut off your hand if it makes you sin. And, uh, and don't forget to uh, uh, pluck out your eye, should anything And we take those verses, it's like, it's like a hypnosis. We, we look at, this, at, at that verse and we know it can't be so. But somehow we get, you know, we, we, we can't say no because the preacher says yes. So we, we, you know, and the mind gets stuck in that thing. And it's not talking to you, it's talking to those who were born under the law. Who was born under the law? Not the Gentiles, Israel. And Jesus came to tell Israel, you can't do it on your own. You need me. And by the way, when the time comes, that I, I, I end the Old Testament and I start the New Testament there and at that point the two men, the Gentiles and the Jews will become one man in Christ. There will be no more Gentile and Jew. Sorry for <coughs> the, 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 those who wear the, the funny shawl with the, with the funny thingy and go and they do the thing. I love Israel, I love the Jews, I've always done, but you can dance as much as you want, you can put all the funny hats that you want, the skirts, the, the Shabbat, the, everything that you want, 
That man died on the cross, like Adam. Now there's no more Jews that then die, they're in Christ, and then Adam. Amen. So Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor. How's that? Isn't that, isn't that easy? That's very easy. Just sell everything you have. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, what do you mean? I mean everything you have. You want to be good? You want to not lack anything? He has an impossible condition for you to fulfill. How's that? How are you doing with that? Everything you have to do, you will have treasure in heaven and come. Take up the cross and follow me. And he says to him, he says, the key to this is to die. It's not to be good, it's to die. Now, where was he going? He was going to Calvary. What is he saying to him? He said, come with me. Come die with me. Pick up your cross. Pick up your guillotine, your electric chair, your, your, your needle. Pick up your, your, your instrument of death, whatever it is, and come follow me. Let's die with me. I was crucified with Christ. This boy could have said, I was crucified in Christ. But he turned around and he left. And Jesus didn't stop loving him. However, deny yourself, die yourself, Crucify yourself. This is the message, the traditional message that we hear every Sunday. Deny yourself, die to self, crucify yourself. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? You've done. You have died. You have been crucified with Christ according to the words of Paul in Timothy, in Galatians, in Romans, in Colossians, and in all the... In all the Epistles that form part of the New Covenant. Not the Gospels. The Gospels are part of the Old Covenant. Until the cross. It's only at the cross that the New Covenant starts. That grace starts. So. So we have a situation. Where we have the old man Adam. That was our ID card. Okay. But the old man Adam. Died. And now we have a new ID card. Me, I am in Him. And that's my new identity. Not because I behave, not because I'm good, not, not because I deserve it, not because, but because He has killed me on the cross with Him and He has resurrected me with Him from the tomb, from the grave. I am a new creation in Christ. Now I say, yeah, but I'm still the same. We talk, we're not talking about the body and the mind. We're talking about the spirit. We're talking about that being, the actual spiritual being that we are. The one that's not going to die. The one that's going to drag within your personality, your soul, your mind. But the substance that goes back to God is your spirit. That person, the one that was separated from God... At the garden because of what Adam did. He didn't die, he got separated from life. He got separated from God. God had to stop him from the possibility of reaching out and taking of the fruit of the tree of life and living forever in that state of separation. Now there's a whole concept about hell right in there, but we're not going to go there. So God intervened and He said, No, I'm not going to allow my man to be dead, separated from me for eternity. So He takes him and He puts him on earth. And He creates time. Why? Because the only thing that can change is time. Eternity cannot change. So God had to take man, Adam, out of eternity, place him into time, and then say, okay, now, listen to me, boy. If you follow me, if you die with me, if you receive my gift of life, then you can go back to heaven. To, 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 you, you can go back to eternity, and we can be together. And that's why guarding the entrance to the garden is what? Cherubim. 
cherubim. Now, cherub, cherub is, a, is, a, is a mighty spiritual being. Cherubim is a plural. So, it's, it's like a wall of, of these mighty angels. And they're, hold, they're holding a, a, a sword that burns. The sword represents the Word of God. What God has stated. What we need to believe. The fire represents the Spirit. So the only way that you can go back to heaven is by believing in the Word of God and allowing the Spirit to renew your heart. And to cleanse you. Supernatural. Okay, so now, body, mind, and spirit. Uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body, and so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam, the last Adam being Christ, uh, became a life-giving spirit. And there you have the spirit that, that is, is exchanged. We also saw the fact that uh, uh, we, we looked at the difference, the slight difference between the two words, change and exchange. Uh, religious, religious traditional teaching teaches that we have been changed. But the Bible teaches that we've been exchanged. We haven't been modified. We haven't been... Uh, we weren't uh, four cylinders, 1.6 liters, and all of a sudden we're 12 cylinders, 6 liters engine. We haven't been modified. We haven't been... Um, What's the, right, what's the word? What's the right word, lady? When you when turbocharged, <laughs> we haven't been made better. We haven't been changed. We have been killed and exchanged. The life that I now live, I live because of the faith of the Son of God who gave His life for me. It is not I who live anymore, but Christ who lives in me. The life has been exchanged, and that's why, my friend, you got saved. You stay saved. Because it's not about you, it's about Christ. Christ has exchanged his life with yours. And he said, let me come inside of you and no one will ever take you away from me. No one will be able to separate us. Nothing will separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, no death, no life, no principalities, no power, no demons, no right, no height, no, no, no death. Nothing can separate me, nothing. So you say now, you can be safe and you can be sad, or you can be safe and you can be happy. How does that happen? It works like this. The body didn't get changed, the mind didn't get changed, what got changed was the spirit. So now what happens? The, new, the spirit ministers life to the mind that ministers life to the body. It's, it's that thing inside of you See, religion tries to come through the head and says, you need to get the message from here to here. No, you need to get the message from here to here. Because here, you're fine. You don't need to change anything. You cannot better perfection. We're going to see it tonight. You cannot better perfection. Christ is perfect. Ah, another thing that Jesus said to, the, to, to those who were under the law, remember? Be perfect. As my Father in heaven is perfect. How are you doing with that, Peter? Yeah? Huh? See? I find it quite easy. You find it quite easy, yeah? Yeah. My only problem is... My only problem is that too, I'm, I'm too humble in heaven, so that... Uh, you see, you see that the, the crazy thing? And, and we say, well, Jesus says, be perfect. So you must be, you must try your best. No, 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 it doesn't say try your best. He says, be perfect as my father. How can you do that? So I was crucified in Christ. It is not, it is not I who live anymore, but Christ who lives in me. I'm perfect. But you tell somebody religious that, and they'll freak out and say, ah, you, you That perfection inside there has got nothing to do with my stupid head. Now I need to renew my mind. Now the message is to get from here to here. So that my mind can be renewed. And once my mind is renewed and I begin to believe that God loves me 
this I know, for the Bible tells me so, all the children. No. <laughs> oh, oh, once I made up my mind that, is, that his love is not conditional upon my behavior, but it's conditional about his personality, he loves me because he's good, not because I'm good. Then I can, it's, it's like, it's like having, I, did, I think we did the example last, last week, the, 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 I don't know, it's one of my videos. Um, just imagine this, imagine, imagine you're walking and you've got some, some rubbish in your hand, okay? And you're walking past a room and that room is, is it's clean, it's sparkling, it's, it's beautiful, it's like sanitized, it's fantastic on the right. On the left you've got a room that's all messy, it's dusty, it's got papers and all sorts of chaos in there. And you've got some rubbish, where are you going to throw it? You're going to throw it in the messy room because what's the difference? It's messy anyway. Now what happens when the temptation comes? Religion tells you, ah, it's a messy room anyway, so go ahead and do it. Grace tells you, you are perfect. Why do you want to try and mess up? You can't mess it up, but why do you want to go, you have a perfect sheet of paper, why do you want to go and blot it with, with, with ink? Just and that's the only thing that will stop you from sinning, is the conviction that you are perfect in Christ. If you think you must do it on your own strength, forget it. So, the Spirit, becomes, the spirit is new, it ministers to the mind, then ministers to the body. Then we've seen, ah, here's the change versus exchange. Uh, the fact that uh, uh, Jesus doesn't change our lives, but exchange exchanges and we saw that the, the example of the, of the scratch CD um, God sings a salvation song in Adam Adam messes it up and scratches the CD God says to Adam I want you to meet to have a Bible study with Eve and multiply yourself with the perfection that I put inside of you Adam misses Adam sins scratches the CD and, and uh, Genesis 5, 1 to 3 says, uh, says that and Adam knew Eve and they had a child in their image and they named him Seth. Suddenly the child is not born in God's image anymore, he's born in the image of Adam. Scratch. So now, how do you, how do you, how do you change that? Religion will tell you well, you need a little bit of very fine sandpaper. Or some, some, some toothpaste. Toothpaste and, 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 and an earbud. Or, or just, put a, just put a plaster over it and nobody will know the difference. And every single copy is messed up. Grace comes, takes the old CD, throws it away, hangs a new one, and says, God sang the song again in Christ. And this one cannot be scratched. This one has been tempered. This one has proven before God that His blood is perfect. No sin, no blame, no, no blemish, no fault, no nothing. This one will not. You won't be able to scratch it. And so now every copy of that one in Christ is perfect. So, the the, the, the way that we usually approach the salvation experience is I gave my life to Christ, right? Did you give your life to Him? Or did He give His life to you? Because you see, that, that's a heck of a difference. See, again, religious traditional teaching says, you must give your life to Christ. And if God says, I don't want your life, you, don't, you can't handle your life. You've messed up your life. You can give me your life and I'll throw it away. I give you my life. And that's why we can say we are perfect in Christ. Not because we have modified our, our behavior, not because we have bettered our ways, not because we stopped swearing, not because we stopped drinking too much or whatever, whatever too much. No, it's because God killed us in Christ and raised us in Him. Raised us in Him. 
And now we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Because he gave his life to us, for us. So, why is the message of my new identity so important? It is important because we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay? We are God's workmanship. We are representing God's work. Okay? And we've, we, we've looked at the, at the virus, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I said to you that everybody, every one of us is infected with the virus. Paul puts it this way. Through us, God brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathing the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off uh, a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation. An aroma impregnated with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. Okay? So, if you want to bring something that will be attractive to the people, don't talk religion. Talk new identity. This afternoon we were chatting to, to a German guy who is convinced that uh, when he dies he, he's going to become energy and get lost into the energy of the universe. So, uh, you know, you chat a little bit and then, and then you see that it's a wall. And the only way that you can break down that wall is by saying, Dad, break down the wall. So can I pray for you? There was a moment of hesitation, but then of course, you know, I put my hand on his shoulder and said, you got no chance, boy. So, either I pray for you while you're awake, or I knock you out and then I pray for you anyway. So, let's, uh, so he said, okay. And I prayed for him and I just asked the Lord to show him, to prove to him how much he loves him, how important he is. And that's not my business. It's not my, my scent mustn't be, no, you're an idiot because this and that, you, you're a sinner, you're going to have all that stench. So, but I can only do that if I know that there's someone inside of me that's going to take over for me. I need to have a new identity. I, have, I need to know that it's not me. It's Christ. It's Christ in me. I'm, I'm infected with life. So the moment I touch him, something happens. Something happens. It's like those, those movies when... You know, I don't know. I saw an idiot movie last night, I almost freaked out, maybe that's why I couldn't sleep. <laughs> with all these monsters and everything. And anyway, so, uh, and, and it's, it, uh, we're all infected with something, and, I'm, and I gave you the example. If you have the flu, and you cough in someone's face, what are they like, likely to get, to catch from you? Not the mumps, because you don't have the mumps. You have the flu, so they will catch what you got. You can stand there and say, "I've got the mumps, I've got the mumps, catch your mumps, catch your mumps," but they will catch what you got. So if you got the image of Christ, if you get the presence of Christ, they will catch Christ. If all you have is an idea of maybe possibly you have to pray seventy-two hours uh, fast and then. Give up television for three days and uh, do all sorts of funny spiritual exercises before you can pray for anybody, then that's it. So, uh, this is, uh, you know, some of you remember the, the, the example that I gave you last time about uh, the fact that uh, Michelangelo's David, um, there are five of them scattered in Florence uh, in various places, but the, the only one that is the original. Uh, statue that Michelangelo sculpted is in the is in the museum in the square. I don't remember where the Piazza Castello. I think it is anyway. And and there it is. And it's at the end of this gallery that is flanked by unfinished works of Michelangelo. And as you can see, most of them are unfinished in the head. It's the, it's, this is God's workmanship, perfection. But we stop short because our head haven't been finished. 
we still think, we still got to walk in, we still think wrong, and we refuse to believe that the perfection of Christ is in him. Now, Romans 8, 29, those he loved and chose beforehand because of his knowledge of their decision, he also preordained to be conformed to the image of his son, his perfection and sanctification, so that he would be the firstborn, the masterpiece in God's being found. Christ is perfect. What you need to do is you need to understand that that perfection was translated inside of you through the death on the cross and the resurrection from the dead. That is the person that's alive inside of you. And that is the one that needs to start ministering to your head and eventually it will drop into your body and things will start. I'm not saying that healing will come and uh, no, because uh, if, if, you, if you could uh, minister to every sickness in your body, we wouldn't need heaven. Have you ever thought about that? If we could fix every problem on this side of death, we wouldn't need heaven, would we? No, we do the best we can. We, uh, today I was talking to a friend of mine Fusion, and uh, he asked me to, to, to talk to his daughter. I says, he said to me, he said she was on fire for the Lord, and then her mom passed away. Cancer, six months. Everybody prayed. Everybody prayed because he was a pastor full of wine, and uh, she died. Two months later, her little baby girl. Diagnosed with leukemia. And she is mad. Quite rightly. Quite rightly. And somewhere along the line, when she will call me and I will talk to her, I will ask God to intervene and to let the perfection that's inside of me come out of my mouth and somehow minister life to her. Because there is no understanding. You, you can't come through the head. You can't come through the head. How do you explain? Yeah, but if God loves me, then why? Yeah, but then, then, then why? Yeah, but if the Bible says then, then, then why? Then, I, the Bible says I can ask anything in, my, in His name and He will do it. Then why did it? And then, ah. So the only way that you can do it is catch this. So, completed. Galatians 5, 22, 23, this is the, 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 the one where Paul says, MMT is Marima Pure translation. Okay? <laughs> so, so uh, it's not really literal, but it's, that's what I believe. Okay? So Paul says, uh, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? So, what happens when we authenticate God's design? In other words, what happens when we walk in the Spirit? What happens when we agree with what God has said that we are? In other words, that we are a new creation. What happens then? God, He brings gifts out of our hearts. Much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like love, joy, peace, etc. See, the fruit of the Spirit is... Da, 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 da. What happens when we authenticate God's design? When we believe what God has said, that we are a new creature in Christ. What happens? That that conviction, that understanding will begin to bring forth fruit in our hearts. Very much like the fruit created in the orchard. And then we saw Song of Solomon 1.3 that says, How fragrant your cologne and how great your name. No wonder all the young girls love you. And that is, the, that is the smell of a new heart. When you don't want to convince anybody, you don't want to force anybody, you don't want to judge anybody, you don't want, to, you don't want anybody to feel inferior to you, you don't want to create any kind of situation where every, everywhere he turns he finds a, 
a, a CD or a, or a track or a, or a thing stuck to, to the fridge or something. Like no, you're just trusting God. You're just, tr- just trusting that, that perfection inside of you, that orchard, that tree inside, a spiritual tree inside of you is producing the fruit that will cause him to catch salvation. Life. Jesus said, John 10, 10, he said, I came to bring you life. If you're dead, you don't need doctrine. But he's a sinner. Yeah. He does the sinner. Yes. He's homosexual. Of course, he's a sinner. Yeah, but he's not a... And he's dead. It's no use you expl- trying to explain to you, you're dead. Try to move your leg. You see, you can't move your leg. You're dead. He's dead. So he doesn't need you to convince him. He needs what? Life. And the only one who can give life is the one inside of you. Through what? The peace, love, joy, kindness, goodness, patience, and so on. Now, okay, I want to finish tonight with this new identity. We we sort of close, maybe we'll see next week. You can't fix what's perfect. And, and that is the key to understanding grace. Jesus didn't come to fix you. Jesus came to make a new one. And that new one is perfect. Be therefore perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. How do you do that? Follow me. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Cut. Come to Calvary with me. Die on the cross with me. I was crucified in Christ. It's not I therefore who live, but Christ who lives in me. That, come with me to the, to, the, to, the, to the burial chamber and be resurrected with me. Christ died for my sins. God resurrected me with a new life. I died. I'm alive in Christ. A new creature. A new person. He didn't come to fix me. He came to give me something new. He didn't come to fix your identity. Again, the the majority of teaching, think about it and tell me if I'm right or wrong. The majority of teaching is directed at altering your behavior. It is. It's, it's, It's just... The Bible says this, the Bible says that, so then you must do this and then you must do that. And it was beautiful, this morning Celeste just came up, that, 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 that girl, she blows me away with her revelation sometimes. So she says to me, she says, Baba, remember all the times that you say, and in the Old Testament, uh, God says, if you do this, then I will do that. If you do this, then I will do that. If you do this, then I will do that. But if you don't do this, then I'll kill you. Basically. Huh? She says, well, Jesus did exactly that. He did all the things that God said, if you do this, then I will bless you here. If you do this, then I will bless you here. That's why, when we're in Christ, we can claim the blessings. And I go, whoa, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason why we can claim the blessing, because He has, he has filled fulfilled all the prerogatives, all the requests of God that says, if you and then, at right at the bottom, he said, but if you don't do this, you will die. He did. He went to the cross, not having disobeyed, but he went to the cross and paid for a debt that he didn't incur. So that we could cash in on the benefits. Just imagine going to a restaurant and eating yourself silly. And then when the bill comes, you go to the to the owner of the restaurant and you say, please, will you be so kind to let me pay off? And he says, no, the, the bill has been paid, don't worry about it. No, but please let me pay off the, the bill. I know it's a lot, but I, I, can, I, I can wash the dishes. The bill has been paid. Your goodness will not change the fact that the bill has been paid. Today, same place of uh, future. I had a 
chicken livers, not that it's mm, spiritual, it's got nothing to do with the new identity, but I had chicken livers, okay? And Celeste had a burger. Then we had some sparkling water and everything up. And I, I called for the, for, the, for, the, for the bill, and the, the, the waiter comes and says, No, Mr. Favia says that it's okay, it's, uh, you don't have to pay. I said, No, but why? <laughs> I said, No, but why? Because you see, the pride kicks in, no? And, no, but what do you mean I don't have to pay? I mean, the guy owns the place, he can give me half of his kitchen if he wants to. He said, Don't worry, I've paid. But you know, you kick in and you say, no, no, but where is he? I need to pay. He said, no, sir. He said, it's a gift for your anniversary. Thank you very much, enjoy. And then, of course, I, I, I stepped back and I said, okay, thank you very much. But you see, it's, it's always that thing that we want to somehow, we want to be able to go to God and say, no, wait a minute, let me earn your blessings, your brownie points. He didn't come to fix your identity. He came to give you a new one. Now let that sink in for a moment. Because the traditional teaching is always change your way of thinking so that you can change your behavior. And there's nothing wrong with trying to better your behavior. Don't read it. Something I'm not saying. Don't hear something I'm not saying. I'm not saying, like Paul in Romans and in Galatians, you say, okay, now, does that mean that we can go ahead and sin and do what we want because we're under grace? Certainly not. Of course not. But what I'm trying to say is that your identity is not determined by your behavior. Your identity is determined by His Word. And He said, If you, therefore, be in Christ, then are you a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, which means look. Don't look in the rearview mirror because it's going to crash. Look in front. Look ahead. Look at the things that have become new. So let the new minister to you. So that the new inside of you can come out and make a better you. So, we finish with that, with this. It's a long scripture. Anyway, I'll see what it is. Okay, this is Colossians 2, from verse 8 to verse 14. And it's Mario's translation, okay? You, you, can, you can look at it and agree or disagree with me, but this is, this is what I believe. All right? This is what I believe that Paul, if Paul was sitting here tonight, I believe this is how he would talk to us. Please remember that the book is not God. The message in the book is God. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. So the Word of God is Jesus Christ, not the Word. Now, does he use the Bible to talk to us? Most of the time. But don't block God. Actually, what, it was the guy, who was, what was his name, the guy or something? It's such a blessing. He, he, even, he even said, that, I almost fell off my chair. I said, Wow, you sure far you can say that without being a kid? That, that, that's, that's interesting. And he was a lovely kid, very, very nice. And he said, He said, Sometimes we limit God. I can't remember what he said, but basically he meant, Don't limit God to the content of a scripture. God can use the Bible. But God can talk to you through the Bible. And He can give you a different revelation, a different guidance, a different uh, direction, a different... And that's what always... The, the example that I bring is... Uh, uh, imagine Margaret. Margaret has been with Bosco for 30 years, maybe. Margaret is an African woman. 
She got short curly hair. She's kind of plumpy. And she's a beautiful human being. I'm okay, human being. And I'm white, European. Okay? I got long gray hair. And I'm a boy. Now, can you imagine what a dead book it would be if this book talks to me the same way it talks to Margaret? But that's how religion says. It says, the Bible says. No, the Bible says, but what does Jesus say? You need to allow scripture to come alive and to talk to you. Because he's speaking to you. You've got a different past, a different present, and a different future. Your experience is different. Your cir present circumstances are different. And your future expectations are different. How can, you, how can you generalize a message to everybody is the same? It's not. I want to hear what God has to say to me. And that's why the understanding of the new identity of Christ in you is so important. Because he's in here. You, you, you don't go. Please don't go to the, to, the, to the special room in your house. I mean, if you want to go, you can go. By all means. But you're not going to find a better God in the cupboard. Right? You can find that God in the traffic. Because if he wants to talk to you in the traffic, he'll talk to you in the traffic if your heart is ready to receive all you have to be is you have to be is you have to say, okay, Daddy God, I'm here. Whenever you want to talk, okay, I'm here. Talk to me. And another thing that he said beautifully, he said, pray in tongues. Okay, don't put the timer on the iPhone, please. That is what he does. Great, fantastic. Let him do it. Don't put that timer on the iPhone. Because if I did that with my wife, and then all of a sudden I stop talking because the iPhone goes, bip, 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 she's going to slap me. I mean, you're talking to God, talk to God in tongues, beautiful. Just talk to God, talk, walk, make a cup of coffee, just go out in the garden, do something, then stop, and then pick up again, and then go, go to the bathroom, take a shower, go talk to God. The tongues is so, it's so liberating, it's so, it's, it's so beautiful because you can. I don't know about you, but once I, I never pray for me, for myself. But once I pray for my wife, for my son, for my daughter, for, for my son-in-law, the two grandchildren, sometimes my mother-in-law, sometimes Tani Francis, sometimes Dawn, sometimes another couple of people that... I'm done! Three minutes, it's over! And now you sit there and say, okay, now, God, <laughs> I've got another 12 minutes of... Prayer time. What are we going to do? You know, when you can just shake out that so broad, and you remember that such and such called me the other day and he said, I mean, you talk. You, you just, you, you. And then, of course, you can use scripture, you can do what you want. But don't box God, don't. He's too big for your box. So, so that's, that was the explanation of the translation. Okay, now we're reading the scripture. Watch out that no one bamboozle you through know-it-alls, superstitions, because it's tradition, or because everybody does it this way, and not according to Christ. Paul puts it this way. See that no one deceives you through empty philosophy, the traditional man, and other things. So, uh, know-it-alls is philosophy, empty philosophy. Philosophos. Philo means love. Sophos from Sophia means wisdom. Love of wisdom. People that go and search and study and everything and more knowledge, more more information, and they will come to you and they will tell you how many how many nails were in the coffin of the of, of the, the, the girl that died in when Jesus said Talita Kumi and then uh, um, how high was Zacchaeus and how many branches were in the tree and you know don't don't let that 
confusing. No at all. Superstitions. Superstitions, boy, all you have to do to find out about superstitions come with me once to eat. And you will see people that will actually stop, turn around, cross the road, and go to the other side because there's a ladder on this side of the table. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. Engineers, doctors, uh, my father commanded my brother to stop the car because the black cat crossed the road. Superstition is very, very strong in Italy, very strong in Southern Europe because of Roman Catholicism. When you go around with a, with a, with a string filled with beads and you think that by, by, by fingering them and, and praying certain prayers and everything, God is going to hear you and answer you and say, Auntie Mary and give you a new job and everything, you open your heart to superstition. So all of a sudden, it's not that anymore. It's a piece of, a piece of black uh, um, thing of the priest that died uh, in 1942 uh, and is a saint. It's been, uh, ah, and it's crazy. Don't let superstitions. Or because it's tradition. You, you know how strong tradition, religious religious tradition is. It's we've always done it. We've always done it this way. And uh, it's actually sad to to hear some of the people answer the, the simple truth that you find in the word with the art. No, no, we we've never done that again. Yeah, but my culture and my says the whole world was returned. And all of a sudden, tradition will change. You know, I mean, you don't have to. Tradition bought Jesus in Nazareth when he wanted to, when he wanted to perform miracles. He couldn't because of tradition. And he said, "Your tradition stopped the word of God." Tradition made. Oh, because everybody does it this way. And not according to Christ. The whole thing, everything that you hear, everything that you that you assimilate, everything that any, anybody says to you, just filter it through Christ. Where is Christ in this? Must I produce something? No, thank you. Christ in me, the whole world. The life that I live, I live through Christ. Lives me. It is not I, therefore, that live, but Christ who lives me. It's Christ, it's not about you, it's about Christ. Whenever anybody asks you to produce something, it's not of Christ. It's either superstition, know-it-alls, tradition, or because everybody does it this way. You want to know where the triune God lives? Look at Jesus. And now look at you. Complete in Him. Because He is the final word about everything else. Anybody that says anything about you, you can say, talk to my lawyer. Talk to my God. Talk to perfection. He didn't come to give me, to fix my eyes. He came to give me a new one. He is inside here and he will deal with me and he will change me and he will guide me and he will help me. He will aid me, and he will, and he will, he will walk with me, and he will talk to me, and he will, and he will ask me to watch him, and what, and, and he will dance with me, and he will swing with me, and he will guide me. But don't ask me to do it. He's going to do it inside of me. And this is not, this is not a sit down and wait. What happens? Message. This is way, 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 way more difficult and more dangerous. Than the religious message. Because the religious message gives you impossible things to do. And then in the back of your mind you say, I can't do it anyway, so okay. This one you can do. You can trust God inside you. You can trust Christ. You can you can. You can you can um, work on your relationship with the Holy Ghost, with His God. You can do it. Uh, in Him and for you. God cut off the hooks of the sins attached to your flesh by circumcising 
Christ as it were. Now, circumcision, uh, I don't have to explain to you the, 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 the procedure, basically is uh, uh, the cutting off of flesh. It's a shadow of the sin that needs to be cut off. It needs to be eliminated from my, from my life. Okay? Paul puts it this way, he said, we know that the, the circumcision made by flesh, made, made in the flesh, we are of the circumcision of the spirit. So that's why I translated it as said, God cut off the hooks of sins attached to your flesh by circumcising Christ as it were. He killed Christ, he killed the sin that Christ didn't commit, but he grabbed and he put it on himself on that cross and by dying he cut off the flesh. And now sin has no more power over you. If you believe. If you still think that you're still a slave to sin, that your identity is still evil, that you are still have to change, that you still have to do, then good luck to you. You've gone through that and you've come out on the other side with black eyes. Because the devil will beat you up every time. You're not good enough. You didn't pray enough. You don't believe enough. You haven't done enough. You've been. You've been. What have you said? What have you told the driver this morning? What are you, and he, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. The moment you get into the 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 the, 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 the courtroom with the devil, is gotcha. You need to. You need to understand that when he tells you, come, 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 let's go before the judge. Sorry, done that. In Christ. I have been judged, condemned, executed, and raised to a new life. Thank you very much. No, but you must come to the courtroom. No, there's no more court. There's no more, there's no more uh, trial. The trial is over. Christ has been declared guilty of death. He paid, and in Christ I am free. And there's no double job. Okay, then he buried you with him in baptism and raised you. Now, this is speak of water, okay? It's, it's, a, it's an image of, of being immersed in Christ. He buried you with him in baptism and raised you with him just by believing that God would do it. We are saved by grace through faith. What happened to him, happened to you. Can you believe that? Can, can, you, can, you, can you get yourself to believe that? Because that's the gospel. What happened to Jesus, happened to me. That's the gospel. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Adam failed. Mario, in the last Adam, What happened to him, happened to you. You used to be dead in your sins and the unacceptability of your flesh, but then he has made you alive within. Again, what, what, what do you need when you're dead? Not much. You need life. And life, religion will, will try and tell you that you need to somehow raise yourself. Isn't it amazing that I, I don't know if this is going to be but anyway. But isn't it amazing that the, the, the way that, that God chose to have Christ executed by crucifixion. Have you noticed that you can't crucify yourself? You can take a hand and nail it. And now? It's almost like God saying, I must crucify you. You can die to yourself. I must kill you. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, you could have chosen hanging. You can hang yourself. Could have chosen stoning. You can stone yourself. You get, but crucify Boy, once you nail one hand, that's it. <laughs> you stop. Unless you're very good at throwing a nail up in the air and ah! 
And then again God says, you can't do it. You can only die in Christ and be raised in Him. Uh, he has made you alive. He has made He has made you alive. He healed you and He has made you alive with Him. All sins forgiven. He gave you a brand new slate. Now, I've got to read this. Sorry. Can I do this for you? Because there's a word that's very interesting. It's a word. Exalepo. Uh, it's okay, you can go to heaven without knowing what the word says. But, uh, what are we looking at? We're looking at uh, uh, 8 to 14. 8 to 14, okay. It says, In him you were also crucified, circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of the flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, the handwriting, handwriting of requirements, handwriting, handwriting of borders. Keragraphon dogma. Dogma. Does, does that tell you anything? Dogma, right? It's, 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 it's a requirement. You know what that is? That is the accusation that the law lays on your back. The handwriting of requirements. Is the keragraphon. It means hand. Keragraphon means writing. So, it's someone that sat there and he wrote down and said, Aha, Joe. Guilty of one, two, three, four, five, all written down again. And you know how you can get rid of ink? Well, in those days, how do I get rid of ink? With oil. And right there, wiped out. Exalepo. Alepo means to rub oil over the ink. And once you finish rubbing oil over the ink, it's not, it's gone. It's not rubbed, it's gone. It's like kind of absorbs it and it takes it out of the, out of the, uh, the, the parchment. Okay, anyway. Uh, also, so we when he gave you a brand new slate, let alone one what clean. That long list of impossible orders cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross once and for all. He basically made you a new you. So Daddy God, thank you for your word, thank you for your presence and your smile. I pray, my God, that you would blow strongly wind of the Spirit upon everything that you said tonight, so that indeed it will bring forth fruit in every one of our lives. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, my Lord.